So this afternoon, I want to talk about uh, a sentence I heard the other morning, which intrigued me when I heard it, and it's, thoughts are not the enemy. And I got to thinking about what that meant and um, how it landed for me and... and yeah, so that's what I would just want to unpack that phrase for a little bit this, this afternoon, this evening. So I think it's really a common idea for meditators to think that thoughts actually are the enemy because so often in meditation instructions we are told, get rid of your thoughts, get rid of them, get rid of them, don't let them be there. And how often have I heard people say, I can't meditate because my mind won't stop thinking. It's, um, it's impossible you know, I've, I've, I've said it before that when I used to teach intro to meditation classes, I always asked folks why they were, what they were hoping to get out of it. And, and so many people just said, I just want to bliss out, just want to bliss out. And, you know, there comes a point in practice where you do get to a place of ease and contentment, which you can call bliss or rapture or whatever, but it generally doesn't happen at the outset. So I have to break, be, be the bearer of bad news that, Mm, sometimes you're going to have to contend with monkey mind, with that, that mind that just kind of bounces from here to there to there to here, papancha, that proliferation of thoughts that's so common. And so we, we um, because so often we hear in instructions, you know, get rid of the thoughts, let go of the thoughts, um, we think we develop, develop this adversarial relationship with them. And it's not true. They're not the enemy. Um, it's how we relate to thoughts that's really important. You know, and as I said, there may come a time where the mind is collected and that thoughts are barely uh, there or you're barely aware of them. They're in the background or they're, you're just so concentrated the 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 so collected that they're just you're not even registering them but there will always be moments when the mind is active when they do come back so to recognize that this is part of what we work with in practice and um, what we have to recognize it's not that thoughts are a problem it's how we relate to thoughts it's, and it's how we relate to everything in the world. Things in and of themselves are not necessarily bad or good. It's how we determine. It's what we decide. Uh, this is where that second foundation, the second establishment of mindfulness comes in, this recognition of whether things are pleasant or things unpleasant, or are they neither? Because it's from that initial experience of pleasant or unpleasant that we jump into wanting more or wanting less. We move into almost the fight or flight um, or freeze kind of scenario. If things are unpleasant, we want, we want to get rid of them. We, we get this adversarial relationship with them. Or if they're pleasant, we want more. If we think of something that's pleasant, it's like, how do we get that to happen again? How do we, how do we create a world where it's good all the time and never have anything unpleasant happen. Intellectually, we know that's impossible. Obviously, it's impossible to have everything perfect. You know, as the Buddha said, there is this dukkha in the world. There is birth. There is death. There is, there is separation. There is loss, impermanence. 
you know, the un, life is unsatisfactory in our, in our desire to be, um, have things last, live happily ever after, march off into the sunset with no problems ever again. That's a falsehood that we yearn for. And we develop this adversarial relationship with anything that we think gets in the way. And it's all from our conditioning. You know this. We've talked about this a gazillion times. It's so much from our conditioning. And so it's not that the thoughts themselves are the enemy or um, bad or wrong. None of those, those words should be in the vocabulary. It's how we relate to them. Oh, this is unpleasant. And that brings up this, this anger or this fear or something, this, this desire to mitigate the, the unpleasant experience. You know, it's how we relate to them. I used to, I remember years and years and years ago, I came to the, I, I had an awareness, I had an insight that M&Ms, peanut M&Ms were not inherently evil. It's just like, I used to say, oh God, they're so bad, they're so bad, they are the bad things. And it's like, no, eating bags of them every day is probably not really healthy. My relationship to peanut M&Ms was not healthy. It's not that peanut M&Ms were the enemy, it's how I worked with peanut M&M's. I mean, that's a silly example, but it's true. You can spread that out to everything. How do I deal with grief? How do I deal with anger? How do I deal with joy? How do I deal with sadness? How have we been trained? How have we been conditioned to deal with these things? That is what we're working with. That is what this practice is about. So when we have thoughts about particular things, depending on how we're conditioned to greet them or see them, we might say they're good or bad or, or right or wrong. And, and the invitation is to let go of all of that and just recognize thoughts as thoughts. That's, the, that's kind of the third establishment of mindfulness. Let hearing be hearing. Let sound be sound. Let smell be smell. Let thoughts be thoughts. Just let them be what they are. Let go of this judgment. You know, It's so easy, though, to become enmeshed in thinking. It's so easy to become enmeshed in emotions, and it actually takes some time um, in this practice to distinguish a thought versus thinking. Because sometimes we, are, we see a thought go by and we think we're thinking instead of recognizing that, oh, there's a thought. There's this ability to step back and see the thought moving by rather than just being... Um, entangled in it right away. When we're not paying attention, when we're not bringing mindfulness to the practice, it's easy to get caught up in things. It's easy to get caught up in the story. It's easy to get caught up in so much stuff, what people are telling us. Um, I was working with a teacher a number of years ago, and I was working with a difficult emotion. I don't even remember what it was, sadness or grief or anger. I don't think it was anger. It was probably sadness. Or grief and she invited me to spend some time finding it in my body so I found it in my body and she was asking me to describe this sensation and I described the sensation whatever it was a heaviness a, uh, let's say a heaviness in my chest and then I immediately went into a story about why it was there 
and how I could get rid of it or how I was working to let go of it or whatever, whatever, whatever. And she said, stop. What happened is I was with the feeling and I immediately ran into a story about it. I fell into thinking about it instead of being with it. And she kept saying, come back to the experience. Let go of that. Because if something is unpleasant, the mind moves into this, this, this tendency to mitigate the unpleasant. We don't want to feel it, that fight or flight, as I mentioned. We don't want to feel it. How can I get out of it? Even if it's just a tale we create for ourselves, it's like, oh, this is happening, so starting tomorrow, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, I'm going to meditate for 45 minutes every day, and I'm going to go to the gym, or whatever it is, whatever the, or I'm going to talk to that person, or blah, 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 whatever it is, the mind tries to go into mitigation, you know, make it stop, make it not be uncomfortable, instead, the, the invitation is to just be with, let go of the story, don't make the mind, don't make thoughts the enemy, they're not the enemy, just see them for what they are. Oh, this is that conditioned response because it's really uncomfortable right now. How can I be with this discomfort right now? How can I be this? You know, thoughts are thoughts. They're not good or bad or anything, you know. And how do we greet them? We have so much judgment. We have so much judgment, you know. The other night, it's coming up for me. Last week, I talked about separation. I talked about um, uh, why love is so important right now and the need for connection and how easy we fall into this sense of separation and othering. Um, we create a story. If something is unpleasant, we have to create a story and oftentimes lay blame on something and... I was watching the, um, the hearings, the January 6th hearings the other night, and this one police officer who was uh, at the Capitol on January 6th uh, during the insurrection, and she was attacked by the mob and knocked over. And, <clears throat> and she said she heard some of the people, some, I guess she was identified as a proud boy, pointing at the police and saying, you all worked during the pandemic, you all got your salary, you didn't suffer like we suffered. So creating this sense of separation, creating this sense of other, so that the people who were pushing against the police found it easier to cause harm. I, I watched that. And I listened to what she was saying, and what became so clear to me was this person, this other person, this guy's othering in real time, creating an enemy out of someone who normally wouldn't see as an enemy. Police can be very problematic, I'm not saying that, but just walking down the block, you might not treat this person and attack them. So... We have to be careful. What, what that's coming around for me is that thought can be really dangerous because it leads to action. So the thought, but the thought is not the enemy. 
It's what's underneath it. I am suffering. I have a lot of discomfort in my life. There's a lot of hardship in my life. How do I fix it? That person. That person is to blame. I have to get rid of that person. And that's the, that's the story of history. We, this has been going on for thousands of years. This is nothing new under the sun. This is just the current iteration of it. So recognizing those thoughts, recognizing the, if the thought is, a, is taking you towards something unskillful, unwise, causing harm, or taking you to some kind of place that's nowhere near the present moment. Can you just be here? Be with the experience, because we have an experience, and then we create, the, there's the perception of it, and then we judge it, and then there's the reaction, and we get caught in that greed or that aversion, that hatred, that anger, that ignorance. And so that's not the thought, it's our relationship to it. Thoughts are going to come and go. How do we hold them? How do we see them? And that's what this practice is about. It's about being right here, seeing thoughts as thoughts, and seeing thoughts as unpleasant. Just as with the in Buddhism, thoughts are part of the six senses. There's the usual five sight, sight, smell, sound, physical sensation, taste, and thinking. That that is is one of the senses in Buddhist teaching. So to recognize that. So important. It's not the enemy. How do we receive it? How do we react? That's what we want to pay attention to. And um, there's a there's a sutta called the Vitakasa. I always do this. Vitaka Vitaka Santana Sutta. Vitaka Santana Sutta. Um, that offers some help when you're struggling with thoughts. Because as I mentioned earlier, sometimes the mind is calm, sometimes there's an ease, sometimes we can recognize the thoughts that come and go, but sometimes it's really, really hard. It feels like it's, it's um, almost overwhelming. And so in this one sutta, the Buddha offers five suggestions for working with thoughts, unskillful thoughts that are caught up in, in craving or aversion or ignorance. First of all, just um, reflecting on something beneficial instead. Adventitious objects are what we reflect on. That's what the sutta said. So shifting away. This is part of a wise effort. Recognizing when something is un, um, uh, unwholesome, not beneficial, and working to get rid of it. Focus on an adventitious object, something helpful or wholesome. Then, focusing on something more skillful, wise, beneficial, same, same kind of thing, moving in this, just kind of moving away. What This is unpleasant, what's pleasant? Let me just, just be with my foot. Let me just be with my breath. That's skillful. Maybe some metta, maybe some loving kindness if it's really agitating. Um recognizing how these unskillful thoughts are not going to help you at all. Follow it through. See how harmful it can be. 
to get caught up in them. Don't pay attention to them. Be without attentiveness and reflection as regards those thoughts. This sutta is called the relaxation of thoughts. So just let go. And then, this is my favorite, if thoughts are really just have a, a hold on you, restraining, subduing, and beating down of the mind by the good mind with clenched teeth and tongue pressing on the palate, the practitioner is called a master of the paths through which thoughts travel. So just like, ah. that hopefully doesn't have to happen, but that's the Buddha offered that as, as you know what, if it's really that bad, just kind of like batten down the hatches. And then there's some, um, some reflections by Ajahn Chah, who I really, truly, um, uh, really like his teachings. He's a teacher in Thai farce tradition in Thailand in the last century. And he says, in truth, there's nothing, nothing really wrong with the mind. It's intrinsically pure. That the mind is not peaceful these days is because it follows moods. It becomes peaceful or agitated because it's deceived. It's deceived by thoughts. It's deceived by these things that drive it. This is, I love this, this one line. The untrained mind is stupid. He, he pulls no punches. Sense impressions come and trick it into happiness, suffering, gladness, sorrow. But the mind's true nature is none of those things. Our practice is to simply see the original mind, not in one that's not overcome by these thoughts. So we must train the mind to know those sense impressions and not get lost in them. To make it peaceful, just this is the aim of all of this difficult practice we put ourselves through. To make the mind peaceful is the aim of the difficult practice we put ourselves through. That's the aim, is to move into this place of ease. To move into this place of gentleness. That's what we're working for. So, not an enemy. We don't create enemies of anything. And there's a line from James Baldwin that I have as a tagline on my emails. And he said, I want us to do something unprecedented. And that is to be able to create a self without the need for enemies. And not that we're creating a self, but to create an existence, be in the world without a need for enemies. We don't have to, and nothing is an enemy. It's how do we react to things? Obviously, there are people who cause harm. There are people who create, who are caught up in greed and hatred and delusion. But we still don't have to make them enemies. We can say that person is deluded, that person is causing a lot of harm, that enemy aspect is, is carrying aversion in our hearts, which is anger, which is a, one of the, the defilements. Can we release that? Can we just be? So those are the reflections, those are some of the thoughts that have come up for me when, as I, when I thought, uh, as, I, as I pondered the idea 
that thoughts are not the enemy. Nothing is the enemy. Nothing is the enemy. It's how do we reflect on things? How do we relate to the world? And seeing that relation, seeing the old conditioned reactivity, and instead moving into a clarity, a wisdom, a seeing what's really happening, and being with that, and responding out of wisdom and kindness and compassion. Wisdom. Wisdom um, keeps you from becoming a doormat. Clarity keeps you from becoming a doormat. You see when harm is being caused, and you work to end it. So those are my thoughts on this. Um, thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for your kind attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystankavich.org backslash support. Thank you.